Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Jasper. Jasper runs into the den at Caitlin Little's house. He's a brown and white labradoodle, not yet a year old, but already stands waist high and with all the boisterousness that comes with puppies. Can you sit? Good boy. Caitlin is thrilled, as she is every time she sees Jasper. Because every time this is, your dog. is the first time. Oh, did not come with Bob, I thought it was their dog. <laughs> it is now more than two and a half years since Caitlin took a blow to the head, freezing her life in that day in October of 2017. Things are, are passing by and it's not changing. It's, it's just, it's getting worse and nobody seems to know how to help. And it's exhausting and, and I don't know a better word than just feeling defeated. I'm Fox 8's Bob Buckley and this is Caitlin Can't Remember. If you followed our story, you know that Caitlin Little was a star runner at Southeast Guilford High School that fall, a freshman, but making her mark on the cross-country team until that overcast Thursday when a couple of her teammates were goofing around, a boy pushed a girl who stumbled and accidentally hit Caitlin directly on her temple on the right side of her head. Caitlin wasn't knocked out or anything, but it was a serious blow. Caitlin almost immediately developed enterograde amnesia, where she has relatively normal memory from before that day, but essentially nothing after it. Caitlin was just 14 on that October evening. Later this year, she turns 18, but doesn't know it unless someone tells her. After more than two years of treatment from specialists all over the country, her memory is... Still 60 seconds, sometimes shorter. We've been that way since May. Caitlin, today is January the 16th. About six months after the accident, they got Caitlin to where she could remember the day as she lived it. But her brain couldn't transfer anything to long-term memory, so as she slept, it all disappeared. Got hit in the head She's woken up every day now for two and a half years, thinking it's Friday, October 13th, 2017. But at least she is waking up, which alone is a small victory. She is sleeping, which is a good thing, but her digestive system is not working at all. So she is still on liquid only and a lot of support to get that to move through the system because the stomach, everything's paralyzed. Nothing functions. At this point, Caitlin isn't living so much as she is existing. From the outside, it appears like she's just holding on until her parents can find some answers. But don't make the mistake of thinking that Caitlin isn't very aware that something's going on. Something awful. How are the days? I don't know. 
Apparently cold. Caitlin is sitting on the sofa in their den just off the kitchen, talking to her mother, Jennifer, who has patience beyond what most people can even imagine. So you're 17, and so you're a junior. Caitlin is bundled up, as she always seems to be these days, in sweatpants and a hoodie. She responds when you talk to her, and it's always polite, but often it seems like she's responding out of duty more than desire. What about your spine? What about it? How does it feel? Old is the best word I could come up with. My joints hurt a lot. Mm -hmm. No real specific place, but just pretty much all over, mm. which isn't fun. Her joints hurt. That should have been a clue, and not the only one. But there's a lot of pressure pushing in on my head, but at the same time, it feels like there's pressure building up, pushing out. How would you describe your heart? feels like it's working too hard. Like I can feel each beat, which you're not supposed to think about that. It seems as if every highly touted brain specialist in America has seen Caitlin and come up with little more than a collective professional shrug. What's wrong with her, doctor? Well, well we don't know. But Caitlin seems keenly aware and is beginning to hone in on what it might be. Caitlin's very clear that something is attacking or something outside of her control. It's not her brain injury. She said, this is not from being hit in the head. Something's killing me and I can't stop it. Cheryl's the lady that's been working on your noggin. Cheryl Dalton's structural therapy has been about the only thing that seems to consistently help Kate. Okay, there we go. I'm just gonna work to give you some ease. It looks like therapeutic deep massage with the holistic medicinal concepts of chiropractic blended in. So anytime we have compression from the top, it's going to change everything all the way down. Caitlin lies on the table as Cheryl slowly but definitively moves her bones and connective tissue around. There's a lot of compression right here. To both help relieve Caitlin's pain and allow the body to do its own healing naturally, as Cheryl explains. The idea is that kind of freedom will then allow the blood flow and the oxygen to get to the area and nerve conduction to be able to go where it should go. There we go. There we go. My role in it is to open things up so that all of that can work better. But just when the Littles were beginning to feel good about where this treatment was taking Caitlin, the COVID-19 pandemic hits and Cheryl had to close her clinic. No more structural therapy, no more steps towards healing. I think where I am at this point is there's no more dreaming. There's no more, um, and that's something that's just really come about since Christmas of, you know, everybody's talking about their spring vacation and what they're gonna do or, you know, this past weekend, all of Caitlin's friends were doing the winter dance for high school and, there's just none of that in our future. There's none of that even on our radar. But Chris and Jennifer are not going to give up. One of the latest things they're doing is working with a group called Not Impossible Labs. This is not an inexpensive or low-touch endeavor. That's Joe Babarski. He's what Not Impossible calls their head of strategy on their absurdity projects. He went to Yale, yeah, he's wicked smart, 
and part of this company that does things a little differently. Not Impossible says they're a group of artists and engineers, entrepreneurs and technologists, who quote the French philosopher and novelist Albert Camus in their mission statement, saying, The absurd is born of this confrontation between human need and the unreasonable silence of the world. Not Impossible. So right now we're, we're calling this Project Caitlin. Is anything but silent. Our whole idea is help one, help many. We're starting with Caitlin. We want to be able to scale this to a lot of users. I'm sitting at the kitchen table in Caitlin's home with Joe Babarski. We've got really big aspirations for this. There's a way that this can grow and expand. He's showing me the project they hope will help Caitlin get through her day. We've created something that sort of looks like a children's book made for adults is our current design because there's kind of a balance. We don't want to infantilize. We don't want to talk down to a user. The idea is that this could be valuable for anyone whose memory is beginning to fade, as it does for so many older people on the brink of dementia. It's been really interesting to kind of work to thread the needle. How can we look at what Caitlin is struggling with and what she works to, you know, work through in her daily life and find the commonality with a lot of other users, some of whom might have uh, Alzheimer's or another kind of dementia. All right, so Caitlin, we, we talked about a little bit earlier. We are building um, some software and an application for your phone and your watch. So it'll keep you on task. It'll um, help you kind of realize some of the goals that you have in place for your day. And for That's Dan Hilferty, another member of the Not Impossible team. He's walking Caitlin through the software that she'll have not just on her phone and Apple Watch, but on the iPad that she's looking at in front of her. This is kind of something that you would open the app. It's a, hey, good morning, Caitlin. Um, here's what's on tap for the day. The app is designed to be intuitive so that Caitlin can navigate it without help from her parents. So the idea is that after you complete each of these tasks, you would be able to check them off. Um, what do you think about this one? It might seem very simple, but I really enjoy how the font isn't hard to read. It's very easy to read. And I also enjoy the visuals, too. Cool, to so you like those icon kind I of things? I do. Okay. So you can kind of get the mental picture of this is what I'm supposed to be doing instead of just reading. I also like how it says I accomplished my goal. Using the word accomplished and goal may seem like a small thing, but it's much better than just saying done or your next task is. It gives you a sense of I've achieved something, which is very nice to hear. At this point, the company is in the process of actually writing programs that will go onto the watch to fit her needs. Caitlin's parents hope that this software will do more than just help her get through the mundane but necessary tasks of the day. But it will be able to map her high school, map her teachers, and so there won't be a notebook she has to hold on to. The watch will tell her, you're turning right because you're heading to English class. Not Impossible is based in California. This is a big deal for them to come across the country to Caitlin's home in Greensboro to create this project designed for her. But Joe Babarski believes it's worth it. We're not looking at it like a lot of software companies might be. Okay, how do we scale this immediately? How do we have, you know, driving revenue immediately? This is about creating the positive impact. And we're already seeing that this, what we're building, could be useful to a tremendous number of people with brain injury, with um, different kinds of dementias but it also could be relevant to just a typical person. So if you're building something that's that inclusive and has a real value and, and utility, suddenly you've created a tool that has a tremendous global market. Beef stew? Yeah. Want some? 
of your potatoes and carrots. As the days seem to melt away, there's a nagging reality eating away at Chris and Jennifer that their time to heal Caitlin may be running out. And that's why they let us tell their story, why they've gone public with such a personal and tragic story. Because they hope there's an answer out there somewhere that they simply haven't found yet. And Caitlin bravely made the trip to New York. She is backstage. There she is. That's why they agreed to go on the Dr. Oz show. Caitlin's father, Chris, told us it was a calculated cry for help. People would see the show, and since it was medical-based, they would contact us, right? We'd be inundated with people saying, my gosh, I've seen this before, this is my field of research, and really, nothing came of it. But as more and more people saw our stories or listened to the podcast, more opportunities for publicity emerged, including a story in People magazine. Originally, the Littles were told they would likely be the cover story, a big deal, especially if it came out around Thanksgiving, as was the plan. If nothing else, the folks at People promised it would do great things for their GoFundMe, which is critical in paying for Caitlin's medical care, since none of it is covered by insurance. It turned out their story came out after Christmas, when charitable giving is largely exhausted. It was in the issue with a smiling William and Kate, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, on the cover. It was a little deeper in the magazine than they'd hoped, but there ended up being a big payoff nonetheless. The only reason we agreed to do that, we didn't want any publicity, but was to cast a wider net. Because um, you always go to doctor's offices and you see the People magazine in there, we thought it'd be a natural shoe in The day the article came out, a doctor from California called me directly and was very nice and polite and said, hey, you know, you don't know me, but I saw the article. And then I went online to the Buckley Report and listened to those and saw her symptoms. And one thing that I noticed is that when I list Caitlin's symptoms and then I list those patients of mine, hundreds of whom I've treated for Lyme disease, it's the same list. Could it really be that simple? Could that be what it was all along and everybody just missed it? Lyme disease? Find out in the next episode of Caitlin Can't Remember. Caitlin Can't Remember is written and reported by me, your host, Fox 8's Bob Buckley. Chris Weaver is our producer and editor. Our executive producer is Kevin Daniels.